Grace and peace be with you from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a joy to be with you on this Sunday morning in the season of Eastertide in which we continue to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today I want to reflect with you primarily on this text from the book of Revelation. Now some of you might say, hold on, I've read the book of Revelation and I'm not sure I understand much of it. Don't worry, you're in good company. But I think this passage from Revelation gives us uh, new insight maybe to think and to imagine and reimagine what God in Christ wants for us in our lives and in the church and in the world. So will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable. O oh God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of the things I really love about children is their imagination. Children have this ability to bring to life new worlds and new creatures and new possibilities. You know what I'm talking about? They have, just have this ability to conjure out of nothing hope and excitement and joy that may not exist there. And maybe indeed it's the gift to be able to see beyond, beyond what we're able to see in our own lives. And so as a pastor, I always loved talking with children at church on Sunday to hear what they heard and to imagine what they saw as a gift to my own insight into scripture and to the worship of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so this gift of imagination is one that the church, I hope, continues to celebrate. And as I've been thinking this week about imagination, of course, my, my mind wandered to think about maybe different literary characters where imagination played an important part in their story. And being in Britain this week, my mind wandered to one of the maybe most famous literary characters that comes from Britain that uses a powerful imagination. Has anybody ever heard of Peter Pan? Uh, I, I take it by your laugh that, 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 that you have, yes. And you know, Peter Pan is this free-spirited mischievous boy who uses his imagination to leave the confines of his reality, to enter into a new place, to live in this place, in this island of Neverland, where he's joined by others who are like him. And if you read the stories and watch the stories that have been made into films, you'll see chronicled so many adventures that are born out of imagination and out of dream. And yet what I find interesting about these stories of Peter Pan is indeed that they're also set beside the stories that come from his friend Wendy, 
Do you remember Wendy? Who joins him in Neverland, but decides that she's going to give up her imagination. When she returns home, she's going to become mature and take on responsibility. And therefore, never going to return to this place of excitement and of joy that Peter himself experiences. And so I have been reflecting this week about this reality that happens to us in our own lives. That as we grow older, as we experience more life, as we experience pain and suffering, as we know war and violence, as we know death, that our ability to imagine, our ability to see beyond, begins to wane. And indeed, maybe we become cynical about those who dare to dream, those who dare to imagine something different. And like many things in life, that reality, that experience, that giving up of imagination also begins to impact us here in Christian community, in the life of the church that same kind of jaded approach might be one that is a refrain in some of our congregations. I don't know if it's in this one here, but certainly I've heard it in the congregations that I've served, that the hope of the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection falls and the struggles and the pain and suffering become realer than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That the joy that we experience through faith and love of Jesus Christ, that it seems to evaporate in the news of untreatable ailments of loved ones, or maybe in our own lives, and in the face of death of those around us, or maybe even in the face of pandemic. And the hope and the the joy and the hope that we once experienced thinking about this place of worship has faded away as we maybe see one or two more chairs open on Sunday morning. And we dare not dream. We dare not dream what God might do. Because we're filled with pessimism. So as we come this morning to reflect on this passage of Revelation, it seems, at least in my life, that I come with the cynical, jaded approach to today's passage from Revelation. And yet, and yet as I come this morning, I feel unsatisfied by this approach to faith in Jesus Christ. And John, the one who has these crazy dreams, his imagination runs wild like like some small child's imagination. He too is unsatisfied with this approach to our faith. 
And if we're honest, so is God. So is God. So instead of adapting some stance of hardened cynicism or abandoning the hope of the resurrection, John gives us these wonderful images, particularly this one that we hear, that we've heard read earlier today from Revelation 21. This image that was given through the Holy Spirit that offers us an alternative, an alternative narrative to what is happening in our world. So with boldness, John imagines what God is already doing and what God will do, offering us hope as he did to the early Christian community, which was suffering under persecution and suppression and even death. And so the new heaven and a new earth offers us hope, consolation, and peace in what separates us from God. Now what I want to spend a little bit of time focusing on is that John's vision of a new heaven and a new earth calls us to lean into the promises of Christ our Savior and the hope and the promise of the resurrection. It is God's promise for us to reimagine our world and our church to see what God intends for our lives, to really look beyond this moment and in the struggles and suffering of our world to see that God is at work making all things new. So as we confess this morning our hurt, our mourning, our struggles, our suffering, our sorrow, we think that hope and the power of the resurrection may be distant. Yet in spite of these obstacles, these challenges in our lives, ones that were shared even by the first century Christians to whom John is writing, we are invited by God to imagine a new heaven and a new earth, a place where we are no longer separated from God, where our sin does not prevent us from living in the fullness of God, where all pain and all sorrow will cease, all suffering and war and pandemic will fade away, and joy will fill our lives. It's in our imagining and reimagining our lives, our church, our world, that we see God calling us to. Not like Peter Pan as interesting as and entertaining as his stories are, but calling us to reimagine a new world, not one where we are perpetually kept as children as a means to avoid the challenges and struggles of our world, but rather it is we who seek to live holy and righteous lives in Jesus Christ in the face of death that we utilize our vivid imaginations to dream of a church and a world where God reigns completely. It's in our baptisms that God makes us dreamers, able to imagine with clarity what God will do and is inviting 
the world to reimagine itself in light of the gospel. So we, as the followers of Jesus Christ, are to be the signs of the hope of the resurrection in this world. One of the ways that I experience this reimagination in my own life on a daily basis is the work to which I've been called in the unity and seeking unity of the church in this work of Christian unity. And we acknowledge that in the life of the church that there has been division. Hasn't there? That sometimes that there has been division where we have turned against one another, where we have made war in the name of Christ and at times have even killed one another for the sake of the purity of faith. We can be as divided as our world. And yet, as I said earlier, Jesus prays that we may be one so the world may believe. This has led Methodists just about 10 years ago to say that we imagine and reimagine a church in which Christians of all confessions can gather around this table and enjoy and in celebration to receive this holy mystery, which is for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ, God's saving love made flesh. This work has been built on year after year of Methodists who defied what the world thought was foolish because they imagined and reimagined the church in a new and different way, one where we are no longer separated from one another to gather around this table. And while the road has not been easy at times, it has been in the boldness of this imagination, this new heaven and earth that has led the people called Methodist to minister with Christians of all confessions so that the world may know God's saving love. Now you might say, well, that's wonderful. Okay, that's great. Easy, right? Yes, it is easy. Well, the command is easy. We hear it in John's gospel. What does Jesus say? That you should love one another. That we should love one another. It's in loving one another that we're rewired, rewired in a new way to see this new heaven and this new earth, to imagine a world where there's no pain or suffering, where all know God's saving love. And of course, this is our story as people who are called Methodist, who have dared to love and to reimagine what the world would be through God's saving love. And on this day, 
as we remember the work of Christian aid in their own reimagining of a world without hunger. We come and hear Jesus' command to love one another. Now, for some of us, in closing, some of us might be struggling to say, I hear you, but my life is hard right now. It takes all that I have to get up out of bed, to live my life. Your message seems absurd. I'd say, that's okay. Don't worry. Because we rest on the promises of God this Sunday, who reminds us that in making all things new, that Jesus is making, active right now, making all things new. And that God is with us. Not distant, but God is with us beside us in this work. May we dare... May we dare to imagine and reimagine the church, our lives, and the world. To see the suffering, the pain, the mourning go away. Where God's love and the joy of the resurrection will reign forevermore. May it be so. Amen.